Hi, I'm Lori Morgan, and you're watching Throwback Country with my buddy, Rick Jones. I paid you a compliment earlier, but I want to tell it to you again because I want to make sure that people know this. And I want to make sure that you hear it again because there, you know, I do, I do do a lot of interviews and the, the true professional people who do interviews are people who have mastered the art of conversation. Because a great interview is just a conversation and you, my friend, have mastered the art of interview because when talking to you it's just a conversation you you need to know, you need to know as well as everybody listening that you are great at what you do what's up everybody this is Britt jones and you are tuning in to throwback country music the podcast today we have an incredible artist singer songwriter grammy nominated deborah allen Deborah Allen, you may know her from the late 80s. She had the hit smash single, Baby I Lied, among others as well. But she's also written songs for Leanne Rimes, Brooks and Dunn, Patti Loveless, Tanya Tucker, Conway Twitty, Fleetwood Mac, Diana Ross, just to name, well, several. She is an awesome human being, and I can't wait for you to listen to our chat. Also, if you live in my area, which is Georgia, you know that I love the Anderson Music Hall at the George Mountain Fairgrounds in Hiawassee. We are so excited because they, they have uh, already announced some of their upcoming events, such as Chris Jansen, Aaron Lewis, Corey Smith, and also my favorites, John Barry and The Front Men. The Front Men is Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, and Larry Stewart of Restless Heart. Three top-selling bands from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s for Lone Star, but they have a combined 30 number one hits. And they are now in a group called The Front Men, and they travel the country playing shows of all of their hits combined from those three bands. And they also have some new songs out as well. So check them out, the front men and very special guest John Barry coming up in March. So go to georgemountainfairgrounds.com for ticket information. Be sure you come to these shows. It's an amazing venue. The sound is incredible. And if you live in the anywhere in this area within driving distance, within a three-hour driving distance or more, you won't regret it. It's a beautiful town. Find you a place to stay. Make it a weekend. But check out georgemountainfairgrounds.com for all ticket information, and dates for all upcoming shows. Also, be sure you check out throwbackcountrymusic.com. That's our website. We're also on Facebook. And Instagram is at Britt Jones Music, which is me. And also our YouTube channel is at Throwback Country Music. But if you go to throwbackcountrymusic.com, you'll see 
uh, you'll get access to a lot of our other sites and social media links that we have. Thank you so much. Without further ado, here she is, my buddy, Deborah Allen. Well, there we are. It is working. All right. Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, well, Deborah Allen, thank you for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk to you too. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Well, good, good. It's uh, it you probably don't remember because you've done so many, but you were on our show back in 2018, or it may have been the first of 2019. But uh, yeah, and uh, I'm I'm still not a whole lot better at uh, high tech than I used to be, uh, but I, I have just <laughs> I have a whole lot more fun though. <laughs> Well, I think you're doing just fine. I um, <clears throat> had talked to Kay yeah. Wagner, and she uh, was getting me some uh, stuff on you. And um, since I've last talked to you, I see that, well, the first thing I wanted to start off, this was from October 25th. Deborah Allen signs with Legacy Recordings to release expanded editions of the RCA albums the rca years the years yes. when you were on top of the world deborah what's going Absol on with it was amazing well you know baby i lied was a big pop record that uh crossed backwards into the country charts yep. and so it was uh on way up the charts on the billboard charts and the country charts and also on the ac charts so it was just everywhere and it really truly was the record that uh, opened so many doors for me. Mm. And uh, it was on the charts from 83 on into 84. In fact, uh, the RCA promotion team and at radio, people were calling it the record that won't go away. And I said, well, <laughs> hey, that's okay with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really good. Uh, because of that, uh, it was at that time where country music was doing a lot of country crossovers. Mm -hmm. And I was working very closely with Joe Galante at RCA, who uh, was the president uh, in Nashville. Oh, and yeah. he was just so brilliant in fact he's the one that came up with the mini lp that i had out when baby i lied was out he was going man this record's taking off we need to we need to get something out there so we did a mini lp uh and that was a great idea and he and i chose all the songs for my let me be the first album oh mm -hmm. which that song that album was actually the very first totally digital album that was recorded and released out of Nashville. They were doing it out of LA and New York, but no one had done it yet in uh, Nashville. So I was very excited about that. And because of that record, I guess um, somehow that this is kind of a funny story. Okay. Yeah. But um, I went, I went up to New York because I was getting my picture made for people magazine and a couple of other really fun things. It was so much fun. And um, while I was there, I went to dinner one night. John Ford, who's the president of New York, the New York label, he said, well, I'd like to take you to dinner. And I thought, well, OK, that's that's awfully nice of him to offer. So we go have dinner. And while he was there, he was going, I love this new album. I said, thank you. He said, how would you feel about being on the pop roster? I said, well, Joe and I chose all of these songs in hopes that they would uh, cross over from country into the pop field. Mm -hmm. I said, but 
and I think Joe would like it. I, I, I would be interested. I said, but I need to speak with Joe first. And he goes, that's all right. It's already taken care of. When he said that, I, I should have just been jumping for joy, I guess. But there was a part of me that just felt like the blood had just been dripped out of my body because I felt like maybe uh, the, you know, the powers that be, the upper echelon had discussed me and my career and made a decision without me. It sort of felt like being traded like a baseball card, you know? <laughs> so, but you know what? I uh, decided, well, I can uh, I can run from this or I can go forward with it. And so I did. I, I just, um, I embraced it. And of course, I, I love the Let Me Be the First album because I really do have fond memories of Joe and mm -hmm. I going through the songs together. And mm -hmm. um, Heartache and a Half did really great. It was like mm -hmm. flying up the charts and it was... Um, number one in all the uh, regions in sales and everything. So I was surprised when I got switched over. But the next album that I did was um, was with the L.A. office, and it was called, well, it wound up being called Telepathy. It was going to be called You Can't Say No. But um, while I was at um, Sunset Sound Recording Studio recording the new album, with Greg Matheson was producing it. Um, I met Prince because oh, he was yeah. in the, he was in the same studio. That's where we met, but we just briefly met. We didn't spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell you, I'll go into more detail with you about it if you want me to. Oh, but, yeah. um, but the basic outcome was that while I was recording that album, I had, there was this big executive changeover. So suddenly the person that I was working with there, his name was Paul Atkinson. He was the lead guitar player of the Zombies. I don't know if you remember the Zombies. zombies from the Do 70s? you remember them? Anyway, I guess. I, were they from the 70s or is that? Yeah, they were probably from, they were probably from my high school days. They were a, an English band. Oh, okay. And Paul was the guitar player for, with them. I liked Paul a lot. Awesome. And But he, he went to EMI and then Don Grierson came to, um, I don't know if it, no, no, it wasn't Don Grierson. I forgot who it was. The new exec executives came yeah. in, a new batch of people. I, I went through a couple of executive changeovers. So um, they came to the studio one night to listen to my music mm. and see if I was going to be an artist that they wanted to continue to work with. Right. So I was in there all decked out, you know, in my best outfit for meeting somebody new. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, it just started kind of feeling a little claustrophobic to me. And I, because they were judging me basically. Yeah. So I said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get me a cup of coffee. So I go across the basketball court. See, Sunset Sound is like a compound. It's built okay. around the basketball court. Yeah. So I go across the basketball court into the office to the ladies' room, and, and then I come back out and I grab me some coffee, and I'm standing there, and lo and behold, there's Prince again. I'd already met him once, but there's Prince, and he's shooting hoops at the basketball court. Oh, wow. And, and I'm standing there with my coffee, and I'm going, oh, that's a good one. Oh, shoot. Oh, now that's a good one. Then he dribbles the ball back there beside me, and uh, he had on like a pink silk, bell bottoms with pink silk platform boots and pink silk 
matching shirt with gold pinstripes. It all had gold pinstripes. He comes back there beside me and I said, I like your outfit. And I had on this yellow suede jacket that had been splattered with silver and black paint. My hair was really poofed up, jacked up, you know. And I, I said, I like your outfit. And he goes, likewise. That's all he said to me. And I said, well, I better go. So I went back in. When I went back in the studio, um, they said, the executives said, we really like what you got going here. He goes, you know, with a couple more, um, you know, if add a couple more new things to what you've got going. And they said, we think we can run with this. And I go, okay. So I get on the plane, I fly back to Nashville, because I love Nashville. Yeah. You know, I'm from Memphis, and I've lived in Nashville since I was 18 as my permanent residence, and I just love Nashville. So I flew back to Nashville. I was sitting in my kitchen, and I was like, God, please, just tell me what to do. Mm. And all of a sudden, said, well, you met the genius of our time. Mm. You met Prince. I went, you're right. So I got out a piece of paper, and I wrote him a letter, and I said, dear Prince, uh, I said, we met, my name is Deborah Allen. Mm -hmm. We met briefly at Sunset Sound on the basketball court. Uh, RCA had an executive changeover, and they've listened to my new project, and they feel that they can run with it if I record another couple of songs. I was thinking and wondering, it would be merely wonderful if we could work together in some capacity, perhaps write or produce, you could you know, produce something whatever might interest you here's a cassette to show you how long ago it was it yeah. was 1986 probably then because it came out no yeah it came out in 87 i believe mm -hmm. i don't know i'm bad with dates i'm bad with time and no, dates. It's all good. but anyway <laughs> um so i wrote him and said you know thank you for listening i hope to hear from you soon sincerely deborah allen well i mailed it out to Coke Johnson, that was his engineer. We'd kind of become friends. Mm -hmm. And I mailed it to the studio. And I mean, actually, I overnighted it. And it wasn't long after that, a couple of days later, I get a call from Coke Johnson. And he said, I say, hello. And he goes, Deborah, Coke Johnson here. And I said, hey, Coke, how you doing? He said, I'm good. He goes, hey, listen, I got this song here that Prince wrote for you. Where should I send it? I said, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? He goes, no, I've got it right here. I just need to know where to send it. And I went, oh, come on now, Coke. Tell the uh, truth. I said, is that a song that Prince had already written? Or did he really write that song for me? And he goes, no, he wrote it for you. He said, I was in the studio when he wrote it. Oh my I said, goodness. oh, my gosh, send it. Please send it. So he sent it. And um, at first, RCA, the label in L.A., they didn't really – want to do it and I was like why wow. I said Prince is amazing he's the genius of our time why would we not do it and they go oh he's going to be way too expensive and I go hey I said he just made 60 million dollars with Purple Rain I don't think he's doing yeah. this for money I think he just wants to help out you know and he's written this song and so they agreed to it and you know sure enough he did not you know oh, charge man. much at all in fact after it was all over he called me um, one day on the phone, he goes, uh, Deborah, who's going to mix the dance mix? And I said, oh. uh, I think they think that this is the dance mix because it's so long. He said, oh, no, 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 no. May I do it? 
I said, well, I'm saying yes. So anyway, it was just an incredible experience. Well, those two albums, the one I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. the Let Me Be the First album, and the I, I wound up naming this album Telepathy, which was a song right. that Prince wrote for me. For some reason, you know, I don't know if it was uh, for political reasons or what, but they just got taken off the market. And it always broke my heart because I oh, felt wow. like I was really rising to the occasion as much mm -hmm. as I could to putting my best foot forward. But um, recently, like probably back in, probably back in September, I started noticing some on Facebook and on the internet, you know, mm -hmm. fans and friends reaching out to me going, we can't find your, let me be the first album. We can't find your telepathy album. I said, well, go to Spotify, go to, you know, yeah. YouTube. I'm sure they're out there. And they said, no, no, they're not out there. So I checked around and they weren't out oh, there. Wow. So my good friend that does my website for me, his name's mm -hmm. Dustin Soper. He's my webmaster. I said, Dustin, who should I get in touch with? He kind of scoped it out. And I wound up talking with a guy named Timothy Smith at Legacy Records, which is a division of Sony, which used to be RCA. Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was going to be a chance that we could do this, but what has happened, and it's it's really been it's really been a thrill for me, is um, they've done these, they've remastered them and enhanced them. They're like wow. high resolution versions of these two albums that I recorded back in the mid eighties or late eighties actually. Yeah. And, um, and they're out there now they're out there for everybody just to, to hear and to download stream on all the digital platforms. So it's been like, it's almost like I just went in and recorded two brand new albums because I hadn't even heard them in so long. Oh wow! And it's a greatest Christmas gift. And I'll tell you something else too. Uh, my video, <laughs> On Rockin' Little Christmas. Yeah. Um, wait a minute. Was it Rockin'? No. No, not Rockin' Little Christmas. Although Rockin' Little Christmas is out there. And I love Rockin' Little Christmas. They may have enhanced that one, too. As a matter of fact, not yes, they did. So much has happened, it's hard to keep up That's with. That's awesome, though. <laughs> it really is. Also, also uh, the telepathy video, which was shot on Super 8. I mean, we sh it's kind of, you know, we did it at the house and just... Every time we'd shoot a little bitty tiny roll of film on Super 8, we'd run out to the airport and send it off to Kodak to get, um, you know, wow. that's how archaic it was. And it was wow. really splice and dice. Yeah. But that's the video that became the official video. So they've enhanced that. And then they've enhanced the Rockin' Little Christmas video. And so those those are out there. Plus, they dug up in the uh, vault um, a... Uh, a soundtrack thing that I wrote with Mike Post. Mike Post. I love Mike Post. Mike is uh, an incredible composer uh, from Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and he is so sweet. I love him. And he did the Rockford Files theme, and he's oh, done, I mean, I that just to say that is mm -hmm. huge, you know, it's huge, but, I mean, Mike's just been a composer of so many things I couldn't begin to list them all but he's a great person and he invited me to sing and write uh, for the Tommy Lee Jones movie called River Rat 
So I hadn't been able to find that either. And they had put that, you know, on some of the expanded versions. We even have the dance track now, the one that Prince um, uh, mixed, offered to mix. And it's out there, too. So, hey, hold on one second. Hey, hey, guess what? I just happened to have a copy. (laughs) I set this out here because I thought somebody's going to talk to me about this and I want to have it. Okay. That's awesome. this is this is the uh, let me be the first album. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, look at I you. I had so much fun making this record. Oh, I bet. I really thought it was going to be a big uh, country record. Yeah, it's got, you know it's got a song on it that I really love, and I've started occasionally adding it to my show. It's called "If I Didn't Love You." Yeah. And it's this. I really. It was actually the song that I wanted to be the follow up to "Baby I Lied," oh. but when I went, because um, Joe and everybody at RCA said, "We've got Baby I Lied's doing so good. We got to have a follow up fast." And I said, "I've got the follow up." They went, "What is it?" And I said, "It's called If I Didn't Love You." They said, "Oh no, you can't cut that." And I go, "Why can't I cut that?" They said, "Because Gus Harden has cut it, and it's going to be her first single, and it's coming out in two weeks." I went. You're kidding me. I can't wow. cut my own song. Well, I wound up meeting Gus Harden. She yeah. was a wonderful person mm. and such a cool artist who had a real bluesy voice. And mm-hmm. um, and then throughout the years, other artists have recorded it, like Nicolette Larson, Tanya Tucker, uh, Juice Newton, and who were, oh, oh, Laurie Morgan. And of all things, also Conway Twitty cut it. Oh, and, wow. And, so then I also cut it on this album. That's so it cool. turned out okay. I was a little stunned at first that I didn't get to cut it. But in right, a way, yeah. I'm kind of glad it worked out that way. Because yeah. it's such a compliment to have them record my songs. Oh, no doubt. Deborah, uh, Lori was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. I love Lori. about uh, Joe, Joe Galante. Yes, Joe, yeah. Joe is a genius. There's no doubt about it. And to have him in your corner on RCA Records is a big, big deal. And he was on my in my corner for much of my tenure there. Yeah. I I love Joe. It's just you know, it's just business, I guess. Things kind of get shuffled around somehow. Sure. But I am not complaining at all. I've had the most interesting life because of uh, the way things came out. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have, I would have never met Prince. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say to all of your listeners, you could not find a nicer person. He was such a gentleman and he, he's a very spiritual person Mm -hmm. and he just treated me with the utmost respect. And just to see how he offered to write that song and Mm -hmm. produce it on me, um, that just shows his generosity and his big heart. So that that wow. meant a lot to me. In fact, now that we brought went back over to Prince, I'll just show you this. This is, this is the cover of it. Oh, I love it. Actually, you know what? This is the dance mix uh, vinyl. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is the dance mix vinyl. I just noticed that because, um, yeah, it says club mix and instrumental. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know that was on there till just now. That is cool. I love the cover. Thank you. And, you know, uh, he used a pseudonym for this. He he couldn't use his name, Prince. He went, or maybe he just chose not to. Right. He went with a pseudonym. He went with 
uh, Joey Coco. Was uh, went with. Wow. So that these these things right here. Now they're not hard copies. They're not hard copies in the stores. Right. But just knowing that you can actually get it, most people listen to their music on their phone or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different ways these days. Yeah. Which I miss these great big albums. Oh, I went to a record shop last night, Deborah, and I was just looking at all these old records. I love going to record shops and collecting. I miss I do too. records. I can't. I can't wait to have some more vinyl out there because I love vinyl. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are purists that yeah. really love the vinyl. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to fix my hat. You wouldn't yeah. believe how cut close I cut it. I was so nervous when I got hooked up with you. It's like, God, please let me get this thing hooked up. <laughs> well, it looks great. Thank you. you. Everything go- is that your studio you're in? Uh, or, this or is, is that- like, uh, this is like, I just have a little setup in here. Oh, okay. To be able to visit with people online, yeah. it's but it's like at it, my house. It's a little parlor in the front mm-hmm. portion of my That's home. That's nice. I like that. So, um, um, what? What? What were you gonna say? <laughs> but, but I was going to ask you uh, about. But if you're continuing, keep going. I love hearing you tell stories. What were you about? Were you about to say something? Were you going to ask me a question? Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, some some songwriting. I, I, I'm always fascinated to hear um the art of it you know just the or do you do you write much anymore or is it kind of just whenever it hits you just jot down or i do i'm constantly writing down ideas and i always am so upset at myself if i don't take the time to write it down yeah you know because you know if you don't, you're going to forget it. So, yeah. But I'm pretty good about writing down my ideas, and I'm pretty good about taking the time to sit down and write. And um, this past year, I put out another brand-new album with all yeah. original songs in it, and I just happened to have a copy of it, Oh, too. yeah. You want to see it? Oh, yeah. It is now. It's, it's a CD. It's not a vinyl. Yep. I, I would like for it to be a vinyl, but this album is called uh, The Art of Dreaming. Yeah is believing, which has kind of been my philosophy for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know really, to be honest with you, what's given me the courage to do some of the things that I've done, you know, to to interact with certain people along the my way in life. But, you know, I just feel like life is an adventure and God puts us in these places for yeah. a reason, mm-hmm. you know, so... This this album is called The Art of Dreaming mm-hmm. is Believing. And um, the way it happened was I have, to be honest with you, I've got so many songs. I, I could never record all of them. But uh, I have recorded a lot of them, but that mm-hmm. haven't been out. Right. So I had started doing a little series, and I'm still, I still may jump back on that at some point. But it was a series of recordings I'd done, and I was calling it, they were little EPs on the internet, and I called them uh, The Best You've Never Heard from mm-hmm. Deborah Allen. I love that. Yeah, and so uh, I had it out there. Uh, I was doing some TV shows and different things to promote it, and um, my friend, Chuck Rhodes, who worked with me when I was on Giant Records, when I had Rock Me Out mm-hmm. and all that, he was one of the promotion people that I met and we traveled the country just promoting. And uh, he called me up and he said, Hey, I saw you uh, on the show the other night. He goes, 
what's going on with these EPs that you've got going on? I said, oh, well, you know, I've just got so many songs and I just want people to hear them, you know, and he goes, well, hey, uh, I'm at, he had a, he's at, he was at Audium Records and still is, but he's also got a brand new project he's working on too, but Audium, BFD and Nashville, he said, I, I want you, I want, I want you to be with us. Why not let us do a full length album with you and, and let us help you out. And I went, Hey, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. So that's when we came up with the idea to do this album. Mm-hmm. The, the art of dreaming is believing. And um, the first single off of it, that was a video is, it's a song that I wrote with big Al Anderson. Do you know who I he know is? Big Al name. Anderson. He used to be the uh, lead guitarist for NRBQ. Oh. Then he moved to Nashville and eventually I mean, we started writing together. He's written some with Carlene Carter, I know. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, but over over not too long of a period of time, he became the BMI songwriter of, a year, of the year one year. So wow. he and I really hit it off. And we, we've written several songs together, but we, we put out the one called Blue Collar Baby. And uh, there's a little video out there of that. Oh, okay. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, and there's another one that has a video on it. It's called... Um, it's called Patsy Klein Crazy. Mm. And, you know, online people, you know, I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I'll just read a headline, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but so sometimes people would say, I can't wait to hear your version of Patsy Klein's Crazy. <laughs> and then I would write back and say, well, thank you. I do love that song, but this is not me singing crazy. Right. This is a fun song. It's it's called Patsy Klein Crazy, but actually it's it was so much fun to write. It was like putting a puzzle together. It's, it's got it's got the uh, titles of so many great iconic country songs or lines from songs yeah. which create the story. Mm. And there's a video out there on that one. Oh, that's I, awesome. I think you would like that one. Um, since you are into songwriting. And then the next one we did a video on is called All or Nothing at All. It's mm-hmm. a big, elegant, big country ballad, but it's it's a really fun song to sing. I really love it. It's called All or Nothing at All. And uh, my good friend, Ray Stevens, mm-hmm. he said, why don't you come over here to my studio and shoot part of your video here? I mean, that's yes. just how sweet Ray is. Oh. And if any of your listeners have never been to Cabaret, which is his nightclub, oh, you should uh, take I, it. I know what you're talking about. I've never been to it. You've got to go. Oh, my gosh. Oh my You'll gosh. laugh so hard your face will hurt. Where's that at? It's uh, it's in Nashville. It's it in is? West okay. Nashville. Okay. And, yeah, it's on River Road. It's okay. right off of Charlotte and uh, kind of in West Nashville. Oh, up on a hill. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful building. He he designed it where he could have a studio and his offices and uh, the showroom. Everything is there. They've got it all uh, wired up to do live shows there. In fact, I did a Larry's Country Diner from there one time, and uh, it's just a beautiful place. But you should go see Ray. Oh, I want to. He's still singing as great as ever and as funny as ever. And, you know, he's written, you know, the classic song, Everything is Beautiful. And then oh, of course, yes. His oh. funny stuff, too. 
He's a legend, no doubt about it. So uh, there's some of my favorite songs on this album here. Uh, one is called Someone Like You. And all, like I said, I'm, I'm involved in writing on all of these. One mm. I love called Memphis Rendezvous because I'm from Memphis. Yeah. And uh, Run Baby Run and uh, Lion Lips is kind of fun song. I'd like that'd be a fun video to do. But one of my favorite songs is a, it's a very sultry uh, kind of a Delta love song called Shameless Love. Mm-hmm. And then I I really love another one called um, Someone Like You. And there's a song on here that I've actually put on two albums because I recorded it two different times. So it's called There's a Last Time for Everything. One of them's kind of an unplugged uh, version of it. That version is on my Hear Me Now album. Yeah. But the new version is here on the Last Time for Everything. Oh, that's nice. So, I mean, I like to, I always sing that song at my show these days because it seems to touch people in a very deep way. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that after my show, when I sing that song, that people will come up and open their hearts to me mm-hmm. about something personal in their life. Yeah. And I love that because it gives me a chance to really get to know you know, friends that come yeah. to my show. Oh, wow. Did you, uh, did you do another show this year at the Franklin theater? Let's see. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did. As a matter of fact, uh, when I sang someone like you, uh, I saw my husband Raymond out to the side and I, I pulled him out on the stage and wound up singing it to him. Cause I had just, I just congratulated, um, my friends, Teresa and Robert Epps on their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so it just seemed like the right moment, you know, so yeah. I'm come out. that was kind of cool. We'll probably, we probably have some video footage of that, that we can put together at some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did. And actually, if you're going to be in Nashville, I think in April, I'm going to be doing a song. I'm hosting a songwriter round uh, oh, at nice. the Franklin theater. And then next uh, Christmas, uh, 2024 i'll be doing my regular christmas show i didn't right. do my christmas show this year and it i was kind of sad i was being like a little sad about not doing it but just to be honest with you well anybody know who knows me knows that i'm very very close to my mother we mm-hmm. we are super close but she had a health setback she had just a light stroke thank goodness it was a light one it was a great warning sign you know mm-hmm. but um so I've been really with her all through the fall and, you know, yeah. continuing to. She's doing really good That's and good. getting stronger every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, we learned a lot, too, about things. Um, she used to take a baby aspirin every day. And then for some reason, she quit. And when that happened to her, uh, the doctors at the hospital said, why did you quit taking your baby aspirin? She goes, I don't know. They said, well, you need to take that baby aspirin. And then they gave her some other light medications. Not really a lot, but, you know, life is fragile. That's why it's so important to tell the people that you love that you love them and take time for your friends. Like, I was so excited about getting together with you today. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled. I, uh, I, I remember the first time I talked to you a long time ago. You are such a, I love hearing you tell your stories. Thank you. And, uh, oh yeah, you're a great, well, you're 
I mean, that just shows the, the how great of a songwriter you are as well. But uh, you do. You have some great stories. And I was going to ask you about this one because um, I don't know if I asked you last time, but when so you is it just one or is there more than one song you recorded with George Jones? I recorded one duet with George Jones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our love is ahead of its time. That's what it was. Okay. I love, I love being in the studio with George. Yeah. Um, I was in the studio with George doing that at the same time I was recording the, let me be the first album. Oh, wow. and yeah. And uh, when I was singing with him, we sang it live. We, we sang it live. I did a live oh, in the studio in the studio. Oh, wow. Uh, and he would look over at me and he goes, where'd you learn to sing with so much heart? And oh. I, I was, Oh, I was, didn't know what to think. And I said, well, I said, I learned to sing, uh, in the car riding down the road with my mother. Yeah. Seriously. My mother, she in Memphis when I was little, of course we didn't have seatbelts right. and, uh, I would be over there next to her and, she knew I wanted to be a singer. That's a whole different story into itself. It's our story. But um, mm -hmm. I said, uh, she would say, now, Deborah, when you come to a part that you really feel, kind of do your arm like this. Now, I was just a little kid, and I go, okay. You know, you know, it's so oh, neat. Wow. I love my mother. She, she actually, I don't know, I may have told you this story, but she didn't even know what she was going to name me. But she knew that her voice had a problem. Well, now, now they have a name for it. It's called spasmodic dysphonia, mm. and she gets Botox injections in her vocal cords, which has helped her tremendously. Yeah. But back then, they didn't know what was going on, and she didn't either. She just knew she had a problem. And so when she was carrying me, she would say, please let this ha be a healthy baby. Mm. And then she, and kind of as a quick afterthought, she'd go, oh, and please let this baby have a strong voice. And so the day that I was born, when I was being born, she said this, this rainbow went across my body. She said, every color of the rainbow just went across you. And she said, it got my attention. And she said, all of a sudden, your name popped up in there like letter by letter, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And she said, I knew God was talking to me. And I said, Thank you, God. That's what I'm going to name her. I'm going to name her Deborah. And uh, she said, I held on to it. I just kept looking at it as long as I could because I knew that was a revelation from God. And um, so she said, the only thing that would have given it away was when the nurse walked in and the nurse said, so what are you going to name your little daughter? And she goes, I'm going to name her Deborah. He goes, she said, oh, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A. And she said, no, no. It was D-E-B-O-R-A-H. She said, that's the only thing that would have given it away. And then flash forward to when I was about four years old. I remember sitting in this car seat, I mean, the seat beside her in the car. And, uh, and my mother, she's still beautiful. But when she was younger, I mean, she had that. She was a very beautiful lady. She kind of had that Elizabeth Taylor, Sophia Lauren, oh, wow. you know, so pretty. And I, I scooch over by her and I say, can you keep a secret? And she goes, she's driving. And she said, sure, mother can keep a secret. Mother's your best friend. You can tell mother anything. And 
I said, I would like to be a singer or an actress or an entertainer. And she said, my heart just started pounding because I knew that was an affirmation of that revelation that I had on the day that you were born. And she says, you can be anything you want to be and mother's going to help you. Now, let me add, she was not some stage mother, you know, forcing me to do things. She would just drop little things on me like she did that day when, you know, when you feel something, do like this. She would, we didn't have the voice. We didn't have all the things that they have now, which I think is amazing and uh, American Idol and all of that. Um, But whenever there was an opportunity for me to get to do something, sing or just be in that kind of a situation, she would try to help make it possible. Wow. And that's why... That's why it really stunned me whenever, you know, we went through what we went through, you know, at the the emergency room. But that's scary. I don't mean to get off way down in the trenches, but I want to tell you this. I I do want to tell you this because it is so amazing. Well, when my mother was having her stroke, Mm -hmm. she didn't stop talking. She could still talk. It was like they told me she was having one. I go, and she's still talking. They go, yes. And, oh, my gosh. So they put her in the ambulance and they were taking her downtown. And so when I get down to the hospital, they already had her back there doing a test on her. So when I go back there, uh, I go back there. And she's laying there. And she goes, you know what, Deborah? My mind's just as clear. I'm just not worried about anything. I said, that, I said that's good, mother. She said, you know, I was telling them in that emergency vehicle. I told them, I told them about when I was nine years old in Blyville, Arkansas, in church, and how God spoke to me. I was saved right there at nine years old. She said, God spoke to me right here, my right ear, just as clear. She said, he said, Rosetta, now I know that you have a sweet mother and daddy. They love you very much, but they won't be with you always. But I am your heavenly father, and I love you, and I can be with you everywhere, forever. I was like, it just brought tears to my eyes. I said, well, Mother, what did they think when you said that? She said, they liked it. They liked my story. And then I told you know, that's when she got saved. But isn't that beautiful? Wow, that is incredible. Oh, it sends cold chills on me. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty special lady and been my best friend. And, you know, she, I I don't, I don't worry too much about age. I just worry about, I I just enjoy living life. But I'll tell you right now, my mother's 98 in seven more months, she'll be 99. Oh my goodness. And she is, I know. And, uh, well, our goal is 120. I hope we make it. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I didn't mean to get off down in that tra- no, track. It. But, you know, I've been going through that a lot mm-hmm. uh, recently. And I've been spending all my time with her. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, I guess thinking about the Christmas show, I really mm-hmm. missed doing it because it's sort of a thing I do every year. If nowhere else, I'll wind up doing one at the Franklin Theater. Yeah. But I did miss it. But on the other hand, I wouldn't have missed a moment of being with my mother because she's always got these uh, really wonderful, insightful things that she says. And I don't even think she knows she's saying it until it comes out. You know, it's really incredible. 
that is incredible. And for her to be so still sharp. She is. You know. Yeah. That's wonderful. Have she you, pay, she pays all of her bills. She she said, I like auto draft. I mean, I like auto payments. I said, Me too. You know, she does that and, and if I do if I go run an errand for her, you know, and come back, she goes, Did you bring the receipt? I go, I sure did, it's right here. You know, she's she's really cool. I love her. Oh, oh did did I ever tell you? I probably told you this story that she and my daddy actually designed and upholstered Elvis, the interior of Elvis's first tour bus. I had to have told you that. No, no, I did. No, I want to hear this. Okay, well, you know, we're from Memphis. Yeah. And um, we used to pass by Graceland all the time, you know, and we'd see Elvis up there, you know, riding horses with his friends or, you know, in the go-karts or the gates would be open. We'd be like, yeah. oh, I wonder who's there. And uh, so Elvis was in our midst all the time. In fact, one time he, uh, we were out water skiing at McKellar Lake and my mother said, look over there on that sandbar. That's Elvis over there with that O and Margaret. Now, if my mother loves you, she'll put an O in front of your name. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she loves Delbert McClinton. We used to always dance uh-huh. to giving it up for your love. Yeah. And uh, she said, I love that old Delbert McClinton. You know, we just keep dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had so much fun. But anyway, oh, my parents awesome. had an automobile upholstery shop. It was Leon Thurman's automobile upholstery shop. And my mother uh, was always there helping in every way she could. She was a seamstress and she was a designer. And I guess word got around. In fact, it was George Klein, my my buddy, George Klein, um, who, of course, we became buddies later on. But um, he he told Elvis, he said, Elvis, actually, actually, he said, he said, E, let me tell you, you need to take that bus down there to Leon Thurman's. They, they do great work. They do custom work. You need to let them do your new bus. And so he did. But the Memphis Mafia brought the bus down to the shop. And my daddy was like, it's kind of fun for the first couple of days to have them around, but he went over to him and said, y'all going to have to quit hanging out here. You're causing too much of a commotion. I can't get anything done. But they kept hanging around. He goes, I'm going to take this bus out of here. And so they kept hanging around. So he brought it out to the house. And uh, my sister Judy and I camped out in it. I think I was about three years old or something yeah. like that. And we ate all of his ice cubes in the bus and then we saw some little match boxes and we had we kept a couple for souvenirs i wish i still had it oh, but man. let me just tell you back in the back where the stateroom was yeah. where you know the ellis's bed was well the whole thing was done in royal blue trending gold and back there uh-huh. was royal blue velvet bedspread and then my mother made this great big beautiful medallion gold medallion in the center with cursive letters ep and it was just stunning yeah wow. yeah my sister and i camped out in there and I'll, a lot of That's times awesome. i said you know yes i've slept in elvis's bed but yeah. <laughs> i was three years old he wasn't there so it doesn't really uh, i love hearing that story that is that's so cool yeah, so we've always loved Elvis. And then like I told you, uh, George Klein and I, who was mm-hmm. one of Elvis's best friends, and he went to high school with him. And George Klein was a very iconic DJ 
helped break some of his records along with Dewey Phillips in Memphis. Um, but George had his own TV show, which was kind of like the local version of Bandstand. Yeah. And American Bandstand, which I got to do also with Dick Clark. That but, is awesome, by the way. Yeah, I love Dick Clark. I did that two or three times. And um, so, but George, as soon as he had that TV show, and so as soon as I turned 16, I jumped in my car and I well, because my parents were in the car business. So when I was 16, I got a car. It was a, a a lime green Barracuda with a white vinyl top and white interior. It was oh, wow. It was so beautiful. Oh. And it had five speakers in it and a cassette player. Oh, it oh. was fun. And it had a luggage rack on the back. It wasn't, awesome. one, it wasn't like a 340 or anything real, real, real fast. It was yeah. a 318, but it was plenty fast enough mm. for me. So oh. I get in my car. And I drive over to WHBQ, which was where he did the show. And I auditioned and I got the show to be a WHBQD. And um, we would dance and, you know, go, like say, we'll be right back and stuff like that. Yeah. But I told George I was my dream to sing. I was enjoying his show and that I was thinking about moving to Nashville. Mm. And he really encouraged me. He said, I think you should do it, Deb. I think you should. I think you should go. And I did. And I never looked back. I, I go back, but I never look back on that decision. In fact, wow. really, to be honest with you, good or bad, you doesn't do a whole lot to look back. Mm. You know, it's always mm. good to look forward. Exactly. Exactly. I love I love that, that what you just said. Um, that when you were speaking, that reminded me of. So being on that TV show, did that kind of give you even more of a up to, I, I want to be an entertainer. I want to. Yes, it did. Well, first of all, it gave me a lot of experience, you know? Mm. Uh, and then also at that time, there was a local girl, her name was Sherry Grooms and she was a singer and she had long black hair, almost as long as Crystal Gales. Oh, and wow. about every other weekend they would feature her, you know, on a song. And I remember, because I was a lot younger than her, you know, mm -hmm. she was probably in her 20s and I was 16. But I would just go, I want to be doing what she's doing. I want to be singing. So it just mm -hmm. kept on, you know, propelling me. You know, I really believe, and this goes back to my new album here, The Art yeah. of Dreaming is Believing. I really believe that uh, God plants little seeds uh, in our heart yes. and in our soul. And those aren't by any accident when you have a desire and urge to do something mm. that's really you know that's somewhat of a calling you know it's your yeah. dream it's a dream it's a seed of a dream that god planted in you and so you know if you feel that about anything you know just start watering those seeds and the next thing you know yeah. <laughs> you know 40 years will go by and you will have grown a great great big tree of right. dreams it's oh. it's an amazing thing oh I, man i love that you're so inspiring deborah well thank you well you are too i don't know i guess you know <laughs> even though we don't visit a lot we've visited before and, and yeah. i just feel so at home with you and i i was so looking forward to talking with you today um that, that is so encouraging for you to say that because you're you the Lori told me that um Actually, Lori told me that. Jesse told me that. You know Jesse, her son. 
Yeah. Um, and Mark Miller told me that uh, last week, the same thing well, that you're saying. And it's well, that, encouraging to me because I, 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 I wanted to I, create a space for, for, for my love of 80s and 90s icons and legends of, of country music. And, and I just want people to know that these artists, including you, y'all, y'all are still making music. You're still out there just because radio, you know, is what it is. I want a place where I will honor and just lift up people like Deborah Allen, Lori Morgan, Mark Mill. You know, that's my, that's my whole desire about this podcast. I want it to be just straight up good old conversations, you know, like you're having today. And well, you know what? That means the world to me, and I know it means the world to them, too, because uh, it has become our life. And to know that people are still enjoying the work that we've done and mm-hmm. the work that we're doing. I saw Lori. Well, Lori recorded another one of myself to see. Oh, she cut If I Didn't Love You. I told you that. Yeah. No, but I saw Lori uh, at a video shoot that we did with the Oak Ridge Boys, and Kid Rock was there. Oh, you did that shoot that yeah, I, I know I heard about this. Did she tell you about it? You know, I haven't been telling very many people about it because I didn't know if I was supposed to or not. But if the cat's out of the bag, that well, was a fun day. <laughs> she got really sick after that, though. No. Yeah. She, what uh, happened? She got um. Let's see. She had to cancel her show here in Georgia. Oh, uh, no. I think it was uh It was the. She thinks it was the flu, but it. It's the only thing that she could think of is may may have happened there on set, but she was out for a couple of weeks. That's sad. Well, we had so much fun that day. Yeah. She and I had so much fun, and there were a lot of people there. Uh, Holly Williams was there, Hank Jr.'s oh, yeah. uh, daughter, and uh, oh, um, oh my gosh, oh, Zach Williams. That's the first time I met oh. Zach Williams. He's yeah. so wonderful. I love him. Yeah. And T. Graham Brown was there. And Larry Gatlin was there. Just oh, a lot goodness. of fun people, you know. I feel like y'all had a lot of fun that day. <laughs> we did. We did. We did it at John Rich's club. John oh, yeah. Rich and Big Kitty were there. Yeah. So much fun. That is so cool. Um, did you say Kid Rock was there? He was. Oh, that's awesome. That's he was really smoking cool. a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is so cool. Um, and I wanted to also ask you about this. Let's see. You got inducted this year because I, I I am familiar with the Josie uh, Music Awards. Mm. And I saw that you were in a lifetime achievement. I was. That's, That's so another cool. thing. I couldn't have I couldn't have gone out and uh, you know, what's the word when people, you know, want to get something that not solicit for it but whatever i couldn't have gone out and tried so hard but i through a series of events uh, met some people and then they knew the you know uh tina and her mother tina and um and josie and then the next thing i know they called me up and asked if i would like to be a part of the show and then the way they presented it, you know, as being the Lifetime Career Achievement Award, that was phenomenal. At that the was, Opry House, right? It was at the Opry yeah. House. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it was incredible. Yeah, uh, William Lee Golden and Rusty mm. and Chris were there, and a lot of my friends were there. Were, uh, did you perform? Did you sing that night as well? I did. I sang... Oh. Uh, 
I sang Baby I Lied. Mm-hmm. I was, that was really like just a few days after what had happened to my mother. So oh, I was wow. a little choked up. Mm-hmm. But uh, my sister came and stayed at the hospital so I could get away for a few hours. I, yeah. I literally just I got away for a few hours. I left my mother's um, hospital room, went to the Opry House, did my sound check, did the show. And right afterwards, you know, went back up to the good old blue um, leather recliner. There you go. (laughs) But you know what? It was all so amazing. It was surreal, you know. But seeing everybody and the way that it was presented was so moving. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Mm. It was just they went way above and beyond to, you know, to be sweet, good to me, and I'll never forget it. The Lord knew you needed a, a few hour break. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, you know? Yes, that's true. And I met a lot of great new friends. I met saw some great new artists too that I oh, really, really enjoyed. Meet okay. I did. Sure that's did. Awesome. That's really cool. And I, I, I can tell by the way you talk, uh, your faith plays an important role in your in your life, doesn't it? It does. I you know, every day. I mean, just walking throughout the day, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm always talking, especially if something comes up that I'm going, not, not sure that I'm going to be able to do. I'm just going, Lord Jesus, God help me. And God will help me. He always does. And then the next thing, you know, and I'm telling you uh, for, for people who need encouragement too, you know what? Uh, I'm telling you right now, there's always something good coming, you know, I, this business now sometimes people have it and it goes straight up the hill but even yeah. for the even for the most um, you know the biggest artists and maybe even more so you know it can be like a roller coaster ride and those dips on that mo- roller coaster ride since we feel so much when we're riding and, and performing you know the dips you feel it really strongly and it can really hurt can disappoint you and you know and uh Someone would say, have you ever thought about giving up? I said, no, that'd be just like a slap in the face to God. Because I wouldn't have been able to even think of doing this mm-hmm. without what he planted in my heart. Right. You know? yeah. And um, so just never give up. My advice is never give up. You know, don't give up because, uh, you know, the phone's going to ring in the next day or two. Probably the next morning you're going, Wow. I'm so glad I'm here, uh, you know, to experience whatever's coming next for me. And it's whatever that. it is. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. great. That, you remind me so much of uh, Dolly Parton. Just your 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 eloquent words, your encouragement, your stories. Y'all Thank have such you. a, I, I mean, I do. I, just hearing you talk and, and just, I don't know. You just, and I, I mean, I mean that with all due respect because i mean i think dolly is just amazing so to hear you talk and encourage people like you do it's just uh i was like well that's that's very dolly-esque <laughs> well thank you i mean you know what i am very inspired by dolly too you know and it's a weird it's so funny um i uh at times throughout my life they'll go you sound like dolly or you know you see you know it's it i don't it's not intentional at all i yeah. think it's I think we are kindred kindred spirits for sure. And every oh, time I'm not the first person that's told you that. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You're the so... first person. You know what? You might be one of the first people who's ever said something about my spirit like that. Mm. 
But I, I was talking about more so the sound of my voice. Because oh, in my okay. head, in my head, I don't sound see, like... See, yeah, to me, you have a... Um, I can see that, but you, you, you're very distinctive. Uh, you know, you you have a distinctive uh, voice. I thought you stood a, apart from uh, the other, the rest of the roster, you know, when you had Baby uh Baby Alive. Yeah. I thought you you have a very beautiful, distinctive, unique voice, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but anytime someone does draw any comparisons yeah. to me uh, for, about me to Dolly, I always take it as a compliment oh, because yeah. I love Dolly, you know, um, and I'm ex so excited and happy for her this year. You know, she's just keeps ex <laughs> keeps expanding and doing great things and is beautiful and kind and sweet as ever. So looks and great like in a cheerleader outfit. I saw that. Oh, I saw that. Goodness. I didn't get to see the thing, but I saw it online. Yeah. Yeah. Trolling, trolling around. Not trolling. That's, scrolling around. Scrolling, scrolling around. That's what uh, Lori, she was talking about Dolly, too. She said, if, some, if, if you don't look up to Dolly as a female in this business, then something's wrong with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like I was saying, it doesn't matter how big you are in this mm -hmm. life. Uh, you know, you're always going to come up at and sometimes probably more so come up against things that will try to knock you down or drag you down, but mm -hmm. you just can't let it because, you know, you just got to remember your purpose and keep yeah. moving forward and remember that God did all that for you for the good. And you just got to keep going for it. Amen. Um, we are going to be, when this episode drops, Deborah, we are going to uh, uh, promote, promote promote everything that we've talked about um, thank you we do that for all of our guests and that's like i said that's my passion is to uh lift up the icons and legends uh from from the decades that made country music golden in my opinion and well you're, you're part of it you're part well of you're it. an angel you're an angel to devote uh your life to that <clears throat> because you're making a lot of artists happy and hopefully you're making a lot of uh country music lovers and music lovers happy too through what you're doing and i just want to tell you thank you so much for doing that and you probably don't even realize how special you are but you're doing you're you're like an angel oh my goodness. you are you're sweet <laughs> but I, I i love it i i'm a nerd when it comes to uh 80s and 90s and um you you're probably more well versed on it than me because uh, sometimes as an artist, people, mm -hmm. artists get into their own thing. And, yeah. and and everybody thinks we all hang out all the time. We hang out some of the times. Yeah. That makes it very special. But we don't get to keep up with every little thing. Right. It's a little easier these days with the Internet, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you nothing but the best in 2024. Uh, and I hope you do uh, several shows. I hope your mother's going to do great. Thank and, you. And uh, I hope your whole family is just wonderful, and it's just going to be a huge year for Deborah Allen. Oh, thank you, Brent. I appreciate that so much. I wish the same back to you. And if you were here, I'd be giving you a big hug. <laughs> well, Randy and uh, Lori, they're taking me to, I think it's called 400 Degrees Nashville Chicken. Is that really? Familiar? Yeah. Where is that? Uh, I think it's in Hendersonville. Man. But I'm. Um, I've, I'm going, oh, I just dropped my earphones, but I'm going to, uh, 
the Opry, and whenever we go up there, she's gonna uh, we're gonna go out to eat. I reckon. That sounds like fun. I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tell Raymond about that. We're gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. I've, evidently, Nashville's known for the hot chicken, right? Yeah. Just like Memphis is known for barbecue. Oh, I know. Yeah, and I've never. I've only flew into Memphis. I've never got to spend any time sightseeing or you know. So I'd like to do that. Eventually. Oh well, okay. Well, when you go, you gotta for sure go to Graceland, and you gotta go to the Peabody Hotel, and oh, you gotta okay. go, and you gotta go to the Rendezvous down on Bill Street. Is that near? Is Sun Records still a thing down there? Yeah, Sun Records is on uh on um. Union Avenue, that's where my daddy's shop used to be. Oh, okay. Until they put the freeway through. Yeah, uh, and then there's another, yeah, there's all kinds of studios. There's, oh, that's cool. Uh, Royal Studios, and, you know, there's Ardent. And there was American Studios. There's Stacks. There's a museum there. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. Yeah, oh, history. I meant to tell you when we were talking about Elvis, I, I, don't, I didn't mention this, but when I did finally, after uh, years went by, after Elvis passed away, I performed at uh, Graceland, oh. and uh, that night, I thought, well, I guess I can go in his house, because it's, it's kind of disturbed me when they were going to sell tickets to his house. I was like, no, people can't go traipsing through Elvis's house, you know, mm -hmm. but but they did, and it really turned out great for the whole world, but um, when I went in there, I could feel Elvis's spirit all around me, mm -hmm. guiding me through the house, and so if you ever get a chance, go to my Hear Me Now album, because there's a song that when I walked through the house and felt his spirit so strongly, um, there's a song on my Hear Me Now album called Amazing Graceland. Oh, wow. And That's cool. It, I mean, I was telling, we did the show, and after we did the show, Raymond said, you want to head on back to Nashville? I said, yeah, let's go on back. And I was telling him about how I felt yeah. in the house and how I could feel Elvis's spirit. Yeah. And I said, it was so amazing. And I went, wait a minute, Amazing Graceland. Hurry up, let's get home. I got to write this song. That's it. Oh, I'm going to go listen to it here in a second. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, a huge Elvis fan. Me Elvis too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So, uh, Deborah, thank you so much. I've kept, you, I've kept you long enough. You know what? <laughs> I've had so much fun. It seems like we just got started. I know. I know. I know. I, I've, uh, in, uh, we'll we'll figure out another time. I'll get in touch with Kay and we'll we'll get you back on the show in twenty four okay. and promote some more stuff and talk. Yeah, we'll so, have uh, some more new stuff coming up. That yeah, we'll always have something new to talk about. That's awesome. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. I've uh, I, I really am honored that you were able to give us some time because you really are a, an amazing uh, human being and uh, just a, you are you 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 are up there with the uh, the icons and legends and well, don't it, let you. anyone ever tell you any different. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate it. And I love you too. All right. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Tailgate down, rodeo playing in the background. 
Thank you. 